Hi, my name is Luke. And I'm Rody. And this is the Right Side of the Compass podcast. Today for the 27th of October, 2021. This is episode number one. So this is our first flight on the podcast airplane. <laughs> trouble coming up with the <laughs> trouble coming up with a good analogy. But this is this is the maiden this is the maiden voyage of hopefully our very, very long journey into the podcast world. Wait, so now we're doing rocket ships? <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess. If we're doing whatever works. Um so today we're going to be talking about the Joe Biden unrealized capital gains tax. We're going to talk about a re- hashtag arrest Fauci, Dr. Fauci's latest scandal regarding puppies and all that. It's kind of graphic, but this is important to talk about. And then we're going to talk about the Alec Baldwin shooting. So let's first uh, get the wealth tax out of the way. I think this is something that you probably are pretty aware of, Rody. The So let's talk about this. So... Um, the Democrats are trying to raise revenue for the government. Uh, as you know, they're trying to do they're trying to deal with the budget. And one of the things they're interested in doing is uh, raising taxes as uh, as you could probably imagine. They're talking about a, an unrealized capital gains tax, which to normal people is a wealth tax. So let's just first go over um, how this is being portrayed in the media. So we see here that, um, this article I poked, uh, I, t- I took from Business Insider said, here's how Janet Yellen's proposed tax on unrealized capital gains may work, right? And the thing about this article and the articles that are very similar to it, in which I mean all the articles coming from the mainstream media, is that, number one, they're using this phrase unrealized capital gains, which is really, which is newspeak for wealth tax, as they keep on saying. But more importantly, they're not even really addressing the issue. They just kind of say like, oh, it's a tax on, uh, you know, when, when like, let's say you buy a house for $500,000 and then it goes up $200,000 in value. The government is then going to tax you on the increase in wealth that you get from that. Yeah. So, you know, let me just um, chime in here. So, I mean, this first all started because they want to raise money for the infrastructure um, bill. And, you know, also Democrats are for, you know, higher taxes so they can pay for more social um, programs. So basically, one of the things they want to do is they want to raise, you know, taxes on on the wealthy by raising the they want to raise taxes for people who make an income over 400,000, for example, stuff like that. And this article, I mean, Janet Yelling, I mean, there was a video on it that I recently watched that, you know, she outright said that she wants to tax like the ultra rich, like billionaires on the capital gains tax on the unrealized gains of your asset. Basically, and you can go online, see the the articles. I mean, I have here, you know, Wall Street Journal talking about it, um, Fox. One thing I don't really understand about it is, like, how can you really tax something that's unrealized? I mean, unrealized means that basically you didn't sell it yet. So when you have a stock, uh, a house, or any other asset, when you buy it um, and it goes up in value, you don't make money until you sell it. So that so that's realized and unrealized. When you finally sell it, it's called realized. And when you don't sell it, it's, it's um, unrealized. So it doesn't really make sense to me that you can tax something that you don't have yet, which I don't really understand. Right, right. But even more, just on an even more basic level, unrealized is not real. It's theoretical money, right? A lot of the money that exists in... The economy, it's theoretical money. And what I mean by that is that someone, listen, I'm, I mean, it's real money, but it's just not, you know, cash. No, it's, listen, you know, there are theoretical numbers, right? Like if you divide by something by a negative number, right? Or you, or you divide something by negative one, it becomes an imaginary number, right? It doesn't mean that it's not a real number. It just means that it's not... It's not it's not tangible, right? You can't divide something by a negative number and get a real number, real meaning tangible. 
here in unrealized capital gains, this is theoretical money. And what I mean by that is, let's say I, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a young person, so I don't have a lot of assets. But what I do have are a, a bunch of things that I have lying around from when I was a child. Some of them are worth some money now. Um, if if I bought a video game uh, two years ago that was worth sixty dollars at the time, and now it's worth two hundred dollars, right? It's not real money. I can't take that video game and go, oh, it's worth $200, and then, you know, buy, I don't know, what I would buy for $200. I can't do that. I mean, it's it's worth that much, but, I mean, you don't have the actual physical cash, cash until you sell it. Right, but that's why I would say it's theoretical money. It's not real money because— Yes, Real money is when you have cash, when whether it's in the bank or whether it's or whether it's stuffed under your mattress. Real money can be used to make purchases, but there is theoretical money, which I I would guess I would define as value that you have that is not liquid. Right? Those are assets, what we would call. But I would just, for the sake of simplicity, just call it theoretical money. I mean, yeah, no, I get it. Um, it's just. I just wouldn't understand how they would go about it. It's like, at what threshold would you tax them? It's like, because these things go up and down in value, you know, all the time. I mean, I understand where they're coming from because, you know, they want, because the ultra, what people don't understand is the 1% don't sell their assets. So when they say they're going to tax the rich on their, on their, you know, with capital gains tax, it doesn't matter because they never sell their their assets, so they they don't get taxed. Basically, the ultra rich, okay, the one percent, okay, do something called buy, borrow, die, whereas they buy, um, you know, securities like stocks, real estate, crypto. I don't know, a painting, you know, a security, and they don't sell it ever. What they can do is they borrow money using those assets as collateral with a very low interest rate and then the the interest the interest that they're making off their assets maybe let's say it's like 10% a year is higher than the interest that they have to pay so they end up just having that money that you know that they can do and then they pass it on to their kids once they die and and stuff like that so that's I mean I understand where they're coming from in terms of like they want to you know tax the wealthy but they can't tax the wealthy because they never sell their assets so in order to tax the wealthy they need to sell they need to tax things that are unrealized because they never sell their things so I understand I guess where they're coming from it just doesn't really I just don't really understand you know how they would go about it and it doesn't really make sense for for them to like for, to do that because I, I don't know how do you tax something that's unrealized well i i actually have a couple of questions about this so let's so number one my question is right now when we do capital gains tax the capital gains are calculated based on when the gain is realized so for example let's say i buy a hundred dollars worth of bitcoin and i sell that same amount of bitcoin for three hundred dollars so I have a capital gains, $200. Now, we calculate based on the capital gains that I made $200, so they're going to say X percentage, and that's how they calculate it. If the if the gain is unrealized, then, then you have to start wondering, well, how long do you wait until you start taxing the unrealized capital gain? Is it the day it makes any sort of capital gain? Is it is is there like a time is there like three years five years that that was something that was never explained in the in the articles that i was reading and 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 the thing that i was saying was funny is that all these articles are saying here's how a tax on unrealized capital gains would work and yet they never explained those basic types of things but more importantly as a practical matter if let's say i'm a very very wealthy person and I have a house that is valued at $500 million, just for the sake of discussion. I have a house that's valued at $500 million. For me to pay taxes on a house that's worth $500 million, assuming that, let's say, I bought it for $200 million and then it went up to $500 million, I need to sell the house. Because even rich people don't have $300 million lying around to pay taxes or that percentage. 
So then you have to wonder, well, who's going to buy a house for $500 million so that you can pay the tax? Things are only valuable because other people will buy them. But if you have to sell something to pay a tax, no one's going to buy it. So you're just going to devalue it or it's not going to be able to be paid. That's that's what a lot of people don't realize about tax about taxing the wealthy in general. For example, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos is I think at this point e- either the wealthiest man or one of the wealthiest men on the planet. Elon he's Musk not, is <laughs> at this point. Oh, okay, but he's one of the wealthiest men on the planet, you could say, right? Uh top 10, you know, maybe maybe second, but you know, no big deal. <laughs> no, no big no big. I'm I'm sure Elon uh not Elon Musk. I'm sure Jeff Bezos is crying into his Amazon stock right now. It's like I'm not the most wealthy person in the planet anymore. Um, poor, poor Jeff. Anyways, so the thing about it is that a lot of Jeff Bezos's quote unquote value when we talk about his wealth, it's tied up in Amazon stock. Now Jeff Bezos can sell a full Amazon stock, make a couple thousand dollars, and then. Or, however, let's see just how well Amazon stock is doing today. Just Amazon stock. Let's look that up. So, right now, a single share of Amazon stock is worth a little under $3,400. So, uh, so what's it called? Jeff Bezos can shell, uh, sell a, a share of Amazon stock, make $3,400, and call it a day. But if let's say Jeff Bezos wanted to bathe in his billions of dollars of Scrooge McDuck money, well, the issue simply is that if he decides to sell a thousand shares of Amazon, the value of Amazon stock goes down because there needs to be people who want to buy the Amazon stock. And and the selling is the difficult part, right? So we, we get back to our problem, which is that a lot of the a lot of the ways that people say, oh, let's tax the rich. They're basing it on what I call what I said earlier was theoretical money. Jeff Bezos is very wealthy because he has a lot of theoretical money, but he does not keep uh, billions of dollars in a bank. It just it wouldn't be worth it for him. And that's not where his wealth is. So we're going to find either what we're going to do. This is the way I see it playing out. Either someone with their head on straight in the administration, in the Biden administration, they're going to realize, oh my God, this is a terrible idea. We can't do this because it literally doesn't make any sense. Or they're going to go through with it anyways. And then the the real problem is going to be, well, what happens when, say, Bill Gates, he has a house, right? Because Bill Gates earns money, which he uses to buy assets. But let's say the government says, oh, you owe us a certain amount of money on your assets, right? Let's just say... Uh, Bill Gates owes uh, $2 million. Well, Bill Gates earns lots of money every year. He doesn't need to sell his assets to pay for it. But you know who's going to have to pay his assets to pay for an unrealized capital gains tax? The regular people who bought their houses. Those are going to be the people who have to do that. And then you're going to have a housing crisis because everyone's going to need to pay these wealth taxes, which is really what it is, right? They're going to be paying this unrealized capital gains tax, but they won't have the money necessarily to do it because if, if let's say my parents, they bought a house for $100,000 and it goes up $700,000 due to inflation, right? Well, on paper, you made $600,000, but you didn't necessarily, you didn't necessarily start earning more money. It's just that your property is more valued because they inflated the currency. So they're going to have to sell their house to pay for the wealth tax, right? So it's really going to price a lot of middle class people out of owning houses. It's going to pass. It's going it, it, to. That's what it's really going to do. It's going to. It's going to create a very, very small, rich, elite group of people who are constantly making money enough to pay these taxes. And we're going to see a lot of people who, in the past, would have been able to own property, but they instead now have to rent because they can't afford it. You're right. Um, you're definitely right on that. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did it like for only people that, you know, make a certain amount of income or something. I mean, I mean, I understand um, what you're saying. Um, and obviously, I agree um, that they shouldn't implement this. Um, but I mean, it's hard to say that, you know, I'm just gonna play play devil's advocate here that like, oh, that they don't really know what they're doing, at least the people making the laws, because like, you know, 
these are people that like went to, you know, very prestigious schools and people who, you know, studied economics and, you know, finance. I mean, Janet Yellen, I'm sure is, is, you know, no idiot when it comes to, to, (laughs) when it comes to economics. I mean, she probably knows more than, than you and me. So, I mean, um, there's definitely information that we definitely don't know, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, would do it for people over a certain income. I, I think they mentioned like for people who make over a hundred million a year, um, or, or more. Um, so it wouldn't necessarily, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, uh, I guess it wouldn't be implemented for people who make less. Um, so that's the only argument I would make there. I mean, here's the thing. I, I, I 100% agree with you that a lot of these people went to prestigious schools I I just don't understand how that's relevant because in my opinion the way I see it is that these people know exactly what they're doing and what they're doing is is they're doing things that they know will ruin the economy because you have to understand that to a lot of these people they're they're elitists right so they want to make a country where you have a bunch of like a couple of rich people who are on the top say Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, all these rich people. And then you have a consumer class. You have a you have a business class and you have a consumer class. Let's just say it that way. And the business class, they're the ones producing, they're the ones sitting there and and creating a lot of products and the consumer class are going to be people who rent apartments, subscribe to all these subscription services and they're going to be buying things, but they're not going to be investing in anything because as you can see they don't they don't properly explain how they're going to make sure this doesn't hurt the little guy but more importantly that's how all these taxes end up do what they end up doing right income taxes and property taxes these are these were never designed quote unquote to deal with the middle class people these were always designed to hit the upper class everyone hates the upper class and doesn't want them to have any money but what ends up happening is that a lot of these taxes end up getting lowered. But also, as inflation goes up, a lot of these people are going to hit these arbitrary numbers. So if, let's say, they said $100 million, well, who's to say that runaway inflation won't make it to the point that people will have $100 million and it won't be worth anything? And I say that 100% earnestly. As the, as the, as the money inflates more people will have more money, right? When when we were kids, $100 was a big deal, and now $100 is not really worth anything, right? And that's kind of the problem. Even right? a million dollars. You can't retire off a million dollars anymore. You can't, um, and it doesn't help, for example, that gas prices are through the roof. In certain places in California, it's like $7 a gallon. Can you imagine going to the gas station and spending around the same amount of money I'd spend on like a game console at the gas station just to fill up? I can't even imagine that. And and the idea is that it's the build back better, right? This is in the name of the of the of the plan, right? There's a build back better bill and part of the build back this is part of the build back better bill. If I if let me just I, I'm pretty sure I want to put point this out where it is. I'm pretty sure this is on the build back better bill. Uh wait, is this in the J- Jake Tapper? Um the Jake Tapper uh, interview. Uh, Jake Tapper was, and by the way, I was looking at several articles, including uh, an interview with Jake Tapper and Janet Yellen, and they they talk about this wealth tax, but no one is bothering to explain how this tax is going to work. Let's see here. Wait, no, no, it's not here. People are also concerned that the ultra-rich will just move their money to other countries, you know, that don't have those taxes. Well, yeah, so. that's, I mean, that's, it's going to be a little more difficult, but there's no reason why they can't, say, sell their assets in the United States and move to India, which was what the the Business Insider article I was watching, or reading, or reading rather, uh, was talking about how they're going to move their assets to a place where they don't have these taxes. And there's no reason why they can't, because if you have that much money, Things like that don't bother people. This is going to hurt a lot of little people in the end. I don't think that it's going to hurt. Uh, I don't think it's going to hurt 
big people. The, the, the ultra wealthy. Yeah, I, it never hurts the ultra wealthy. It makes them wealthier. Uh, it makes them very, very wealthy. So the interview with Taper, what does it say? The the interview with Tapper Sorry, is Tapper. pretty much, yeah, yeah. Jake Tapper. Uh, let's see here. Um, I'm just looking. Uh, where does it say? I was looking for it. I can't find it. Um, I'm pretty sure it said somewhere that this is a build back better bill. Let me just let me just do a quick Google search. Build back better bill. Build back better bill. This is um okay. So build back better. This is an opinion from the Washington Post. This is a Washington Post opinion. This is not even a right wing conspiracy. Oh no, this is okay. I'm not paying for the Washington Post. That's ridiculous. But um, um yeah, no. So I think um it's fine. We don't need to look at the tapper tap tapper. Yeah, tapper um interview. Um, do you want to move on to um, the Fauci? Yeah. So, anyways, let's continue. Yeah, I, I couldn't find it. I was. I probably should have done a little more research in that. But uh, I'm pretty sure this is part of the Build Back Better bill, and uh, that's that. But uh, that's what they're doing, and that's what we need to wonder wonder about. We're going to be wondering how they're going to be doing this tax if they can do it at all. Um, so let's talk about uh, Dr. Fauci um, before. If I would have told you that Dr. Fauci is a poop nose and that he kills puppies, that would have been just a very, you know, silly thing to say that you're just trying to make people hate him. But now we can prove that he hates puppies and, you know, he's not a nice person. Um, so let's um, just... Do you, would you like... So what's happening with that um, exactly? Yeah, so basically what happened was, and this is this is kind of a big scandal... It turns out that there was um, virus reach. There was vi- this is an article from Fox. This is an article from Fox. Hashtag arrest Fauci trends on Twitter as doctor faces criticism for controversial virus research testing on dogs. Fauci has been criticized for allegedly allowing funding for inhumane testing on dogs. The phrase hashtag arrest Fauci was trending on Twitter Sunday afternoon in response to multiple controversies. Uh, users posted the hashtag calling out Fauci director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, over reports that hundreds of thousands of taxpayer dollars were used to subject dogs to cruel testing before ultimately killing them. So if we follow this article here, uh, we're going to see uh, that what what's going on here, and this is a, a – might I remind you that this is a children's show. What's a children's show? Uh, no, we're a children's show. That means we're family oh. friendly. <laughs> we're a children's show. We're rated PG. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> We're rated PG. Yeah, no, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about the sex stuff <laughs> later. <laughs> we'll talk about the sex stuff if we have the budget for a separate uh, show. But right now, we do not have the money for that. Uh, a report from this is from a different article for Fox News. A report from the White Coat Waste Project that was based off of a Freedom of Information Act request with the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Disease found that. More than $400,000 in taxpayer money was spent on canine experiments during which beagles were infected with parasites via biting flies. Um, They're kind of playing it safe with the article. Uh, It seems here... uh, The images of beagles were drawn from a manuscript published in July 2021 in the journal PLOS, Neglected Tropical Diseases. No, Yeah, so, I mean... I guess, okay, so just talking about, I mean, the situation, I, I mean, I don't really know all the detail, but, I mean, it's terrible that they're doing, I guess, experiments on these puppies, um, and, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's just, I mean, terrible, I mean, especially if you're a dog fan, but, I mean, I don't know the rules and regulations, which animals they're allowed to do experiments on or not, but, I mean, I mean why can't you say the same argument for for other animals um well in my personal opinion i think that there is a hierarchy of of life i think that a lot of people have this idea that all life is equal i think that's very silly i think for example a cockroach's life is not the same as say a dog's life i have no problem killing a cockroach i do have a problem killing a dog but i think dogs in particular well dogs and cats but for different reasons 
dogs, I think it's truly sick to do this to dogs because dogs... Man's best friend. Well, yes, but it's it's more complicated than that. Dogs have evolved to be especially cognizant of human facial expressions, human desires, things like that. Most dogs typically just want to please people. That's that's what a lot of domesticated dogs want to do. They 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 want to be good boys who who didn't do nothing. So when you have a bunch of barbarians in lab coats going and experimenting on dogs, uh, it's kind of a problem. But more importantly, right? Let's say we were to say, okay, so maybe there are certain things we would experiment dogs on just because medical science needs to progress. I really don't see how slitting the throats of dogs and then so that they can't cry when they're being eaten by bugs. I don't alive. Well, basically what happened was, is they were their 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 vocal cords were cut so that they can't whimper or cry while it's terrible yeah it's it's kind of really sick this is uh glenn greenwald glenn greenwald by the way is no right winger he's just a journalist he um why would they do that what why would they slit the throat of dogs if they don't whimper because imagine you're in a laboratory and you hear dogs whimpering because they're being eaten by flies alive it's uh i can imagine it's not very good for your psyche so they don't want to hear it, and so they slit the dog so they can't make noise, which is kind of sick in a certain way. Anyway, so this is Glenn Greenwald on his personal Twitter account. Congrats to Rep. Nancy Mace for this excellent initiative to ban federal funds for gruesome and completely unnecessary medical experiments on dogs overseen by Fauci. Rand Paul's similar bill while at White Coat Waste and Beagle Freedom are key activists, a bipartisan cause. I reported on the barbaric dog experimentation industry. They breed dogs into the world, mostly beagles, but others with no purpose other than to conduct hideous experiments with no medical value, then kill them when they're done. It's truly sick. This is uh, and there's an article on the Intercept, which you can then read. Uh, do you know who uh, Glenn Greenwald is, uh, Rody? Um, I mean, I've de- I've heard the name before, but I mean, you might have to remind me exactly what he does, who he is. So Glenn Greenwald is is a journalist. He's a left wing journalist, actually, but he's kind of anti establishment. Uh, he 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 opened a website called the intercept where they did journalism and then he actually uh left uh the intercept when he found out that they were becoming too mainstream and they were covered and they were burying stories and just working for the establishment and now he has his own sub stack which is you can go follow him on his sub stack uh, if you want he's a pretty good journalist uh regardless of your political leanings he's actually kind of an honest guy in that regard um but this is there's a whole article on the intercept about uh, pup, about puppies being bred um, for suffering uh, if you want to read that on your own time. But uh, I think what we need to understand is that this is not the first scandal that came out from Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci has been in the government for since the dinosaurs roamed the earth, and by that I mean since Ronald Reagan was in office. He was actually appointed by Reagan. And a lot of uh, problems are coming to the limelight with him, uh, including but not limited to the fact that he testified before uh, Congress and said that there was no gain-of-function research, and then it turns out he lied to Congress about that. He, he keeps on moving the goalpost. But this may be the scandal that unseats Fauci. And it's important to know about this because there are things going on that we don't know. There are things going on that we think are for our benefit. And there's this kind of conspiracy theory going on nowadays where we kind of assume, oh, ever since, I don't know, Bill Clinton, the government never does anything bad ever except when a Republican's in office and they're always bad. But I think we as informed citizens, we need to understand that these people, when they say, oh, we're here to help or, oh, this is for your own good, right? When when you see them locking down people in Australia, this is for your own good. No, 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 no. This is for their good. It's not for your good not for your good these people will kill puppies and uh that i i don't trust anyone who hurts puppies this way i i really don't i don't care why they're doing it i like i i can't see the reason for this well why can you say the same thing when they do experiments on rats uh there was a girl in my class 
she actually has pet like mouses and like rats um so i mean if you can have those as pets why do experiments on them too it's not about a pet it's not about being a pet it has to do with there are certain things that we do that are wrong and there are certain things that we do that are right i understand i'm not a hippie i understand that animal testing is necessary sometimes my problem with what's going on here is that they're doing things that are cruel and unnecessary what medical benefit do we have from watching dogs be eaten alive by flies with their I mean weren't they testing a drug for for the It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I like at that point I just don't want that drug. I, I don't want to be part of that. Science is supposed to be for the betterment of mankind, but if we lose our humanity on the way to these scientific progresses, then what's the point? Who cares? So I, if I they did the exact same thing to mice, like you wouldn't say the same thing? No, it's not the exact same thing. I think that subjecting an animal to being eaten alive by flies and then cutting its throat so it can't even complain about it, I think that's wrong. I think that's very, very wrong. I don't think there's enough benefit from that particular experiment to say, hey, we should do something. You know, we should do that anyways. I, I certainly think if you're just testing a drug, right? If you're saying, oh, I'm going to give this rat a drug, and then you want to see what happens when it gets the drug? Like, fine, whatever. I mean, it's unfortunate, but we are humans. We come first. But, yeah, I first of all, I do think there is a difference between rats and dogs. I think dogs are, like you said, man's best friend. So, number one, we do have more of a responsibility to take care of dogs. But also, just, if these, if this particular experiment was being done to a rat, I'd be kind of upset about it, too. But the fact that they're they're breeding beagles to be abused this way and they kill them, I think that's kind of wrong. I think I, – I, I don't know. I guess it's just me, but I, I think that's wrong. I, I don't think there's anything good that can come from it, at least to offset the cruelty. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that animal experimentation is important, but you do have to recognize that you can experiment without being cruel to animals. And uh, this is one of those times when we, we – this is a bit much, even for me. Um, and yeah, what do you, do you have anything else to say? I want to go to the next topic. No, I mean, I was just gonna. I mean, no, I was just uh, saying. Uh, you know, what's you know, what's the difference between you know doing that for rats or the way we treat you know animals when we're gonna when they're gonna be slaughtered? You know, for for me, you know, sometimes they treat cows, you know, terribly. Um, especially, you know, if you're having, was a veal, like veal, they just like, you know, put the baby calf in like a, uh, is it veal? No. Um, yeah, no, it yeah, is yeah. veal. It is veal. And I know exactly um, what you're talking about. The what they'll do is they'll tie a baby. Yeah. yeah tie a baby calf, you yeah. know, in the secluded, secluded area where like it can't, you know, move to build up fat, you know, and then they just like, then impregnate, impregnate it. And then, you know, once it gives birth or something, you know, they kill it off yeah so let me just clarify um when they fatten up baby calves to make veal they'll the mother will give birth to the calf and then they'll take the calf away from the mother and just fatten it up and then kill it as a cow yeah, sorry. Uh, as a baby cow um but uh, actually not all veal is made cruelly sometimes they do just kill calves to um call the herd and you can usually tell by the marbling if the if there's a lot of intramuscular fat in the veal, that means that it was probably fattened up. If it's just a veal steak and it has very little fat on it, it's actually probably just a calf that was killed mm -hmm. younger. That's really what it means. Um, but yeah, I think th I think the difference even between fattening up a calf to be eaten versus say this kind of cruel experiment on the dogs is that at least if we're eating the animal then there's some level of justification right because we do need to eat right that's just the reality we do need to eat you can make the argument and say food we should treat our animals better even if we're going to eat them and i would agree with you 100 percent. but if let's say you're fattening up a calf right you're at least trying to, at least you're getting something out of it it's going to taste better right allegedly it's going to taste better it's going to taste richer more unctuous but here, when, when we're doing this, what benefit do we get? I, I, I still can't imagine what benefits we would get from doing this type of experiment this way. And you can see that a lot of people 
are on the side of Rand Paul on this issue, that Rand Paul is introducing a bill to ban these type of types of experiments. And Americans on both sides of the of the of the aisle, they agree with that because there really is no reason. No one can justify it. It's not a hippie issue. This is not an issue of, oh, I'm a hippie, so I love animals, so no animal testing. I'm not against animal testing. I'm against cruel and so unnecessary. Let's say animal it was. If, let's say this anim, this. Let's say this animal testing found the cure to cancer or something. Hypothetically, you you would still disapprove of it. The, I don't see. See, that's like a. I hate those types of theoretical questions. Why? Because it's extreme. <laughs> no, not because it's extreme. Because I don't. It's that's not what we're dealing with, right? We're not dealing with that. If you took animals that already had cancer and you subjected them to experimental cancer treatment so that we would be able to maybe one day maybe uh, legalize that treatment for humans, right? I would say, okay, that's fine. These animals have cancer. Maybe the treatment won't be good, but they have cancer already, and this is going to be good for them, right? If it works, it's good for them. If not, whatever, but at least we know, whatever. This is not cancer. We're not this is not what we're talking about. This is not a theoretical situation. This is we know what drug we I don't know exactly what drug they're testing it for, but it was like an anti parasite. Like an antiviral. Yeah, it's an anti-parasite drug. They have other things already against parasites. You know, in in Africa to keep parasites away, they just put nets around their beds. And it works. We already have ways of dealing with it. It's not the end of the world. So my problem with this is that they're looking to push the science just a little bit more, but they're slitting puppies' throats so that we so that we can test this drug. And I go, well, you know, maybe I just don't want to know that. Maybe I don't really care about this drug. If you if you need to test a drug on puppies by slitting their throats and having their faces eaten alive by bugs and they can't even complain about it, I would say, you know what? Forget the drug. I'll just put a net over my bed. I, I really don't care. You know, it's it's like it's it doesn't interest me. You know. And uh, I know this is my first world uh, bias showing because I'm sure there are people in Africa who want to know this research. But I don't – I think there should be limits on this kind of stuff. You know, I, I, There is something called medical ethics. There is this thing and we are allowed to put our foot down and say, hey, you know, dogs are man's best friend. They've evolved to be uh, especially in tune to the way we're feeling. And so it's very easy to manipulate a dog into doing these types of things. And therefore, I don't think it's right to do that. You know, that's just me. But uh, in any case. All right. Um, next, um, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, let's talk about Alec Baldwin and how he shot a dude. <laughs> so first of all, I just want to. Uh, the way no, you say uh, that. It's just like, yeah, he just shot a dude. So shot someone. <laughs> I'm Not even dude, but. Well, I mean, that's what he did. That That's the reality. I mean, for, for all of the. I just want to point out the irony in this. Uh, a lot of the, as you know, Alec Baldwin's very famous as as an actor, but recently he's been very famous for doing his SNL impression of Trump. And it's funny because he'll make fun of a lot of Trump supporters for being these no good rat wing, uh, redneck taps who don't know anything, who don't know where where things are on a map. But when it comes down to it. He's killed more people than a lot of these Trump supporters have. Most Trump supporters, if they have a weapon, they probably never killed anyone with it. That's just the reality. They're, they probably have a lower body count than this guy right here. And uh, anyways, but enough of that. I do want to talk about uh, the situation regarding uh, the, the weapon and what happened. Because a lot of people are blaming Alec Baldwin for it. I think he is responsible for it but not for the reason that people are saying i don't i don't think it i don't think it has to do with him being irresponsible with weapons but let's uh let's talk about that so alec baldwin was re this is from the new york times alec baldwin was rehearsing pointing gun a camera affidavit says the director of rust gave the authorities the most detailed account yet of how the actor fatally shot the film's cinematographer uh albuquerque alec baldwin was rehearsing a scene that involved pointing a revolver towards the camera lens, which, from what I understand, is a no-no, actually. When the gun, which the crew had been told did not contain live rounds, suddenly went off and killed the cinematographer, according to the film's director, who was quoted in an affidavit released Sunday night. 
The film's director, Joel Souza, described hearing what sounded like a whip and then loud pop. The account by Mr. Souza explained why Mr. Baldwin had been pointing the gun at the cinematographer, Helena Hutchins. She's a woman that uh, was killed by Alec Baldwin. But it did not answer the question of how a gun that was not supposed to contain live ammunition wound up killing her. This is actually fake news. Um, from what I understand, the gun did not have live ammunition. It had blanks in it. Um, and we know this because uh, Joel Souza also was injured in the in the in, by the gun. So what happened was wait, they th were injured by blanks. Yeah, they were injured by blanks, and this is actually very important to talk about. Blanks that makes no sense. No, it, it does make sense actually. I'll I'll tell you how uh, it works. Um, I actually I could be wrong. I have no idea. Um, it's it still isn't quite clear to me. There's conflicting information regarding whether the gun had blanks in it or whether it had a, a live ammunition. Um, but blanks can and do hurt people. That's just the reality. This is not like this is apparently this is known on film sets that blanks can be quite dangerous. Um, and it makes sense because blanks are they, they in in some ways they're actually more dangerous because what essentially if you've ever seen a blank before, you know that it's kind of it's just like a piece of metal that inside is loaded with explosive power, powder. Um, so when, when you fire a live bullet at someone, right, you're concentrating all that firepower uh, into that, into the bullet itself, right? But it flies somewhere. But that energy has where to go, so the shell will typically remain intact. But if you have a blank, there's nothing on the blank that goes anywhere. So it can just burst the blank. And it can send shrapnel. It can mm. essentially explode. Uh, so, so that's why you don't, that's typically why they don't point the guns at the, at the cameras. They typically point the gun somewhere else and then do movie magic to make it seem like he's pointing the gun at the camera. Uh, I, I assume using, uh, multiple cameras, things like that to build a picture. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what happened. Uh, he was practicing a line and, uh, he pulls the trigger and this, I guess he fires the weapon. Um, and we're hearing conflicting things about it. We're hearing now people are blaming uh, the – well, first they're saying that there might be criminal charges, the attorney says. Um, they're blaming both the prop the prop master, whose name is Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, um, who got her job because her father was a very, very important uh, prop master. So she got her job through uh, nepotism. And they're also blaming uh, what's his name the the assistant director who apparently was just not a very competent assistant director. They're saying who what's his name? Uh, what's his name? It doesn't say here. Where does it say? I'm pretty sure it's on. Um, why doesn't it say his name? I don't understand. These articles are not very good. Whoever whoever decided. Oh, oh, here it is. It's Dave Halls. Dave Halls is the assistant director on the Rust movie. Rust assistant director was fired from 2019 movie after gun discharged on set. So apparently this guy was on the gun. This was this guy was on a different uh, movie set and the gun went off and he was fired from the movie and he was hired by Alec Baldwin to make this new movie in New Mexico. Um, so it seems there's a lot of blame to go around. Um, at the end of the day, Alec Baldwin was told that his gun was cold. Uh, he should have checked, but apparently this is like a thing on movie sets where people don't know to check the guns. Um, I don't know. I, me personally, I think Alec Baldwin's kind of a nutcase, but I don't want to put the blame too much on him. I'm sure he's feeling pretty bad about it. I don't think he meant to do that, but ultimately he did, uh, go against, uh, protocol. He pointed a, a, a fake gun, he point. well, it's not a fake gun, it's a real gun, he pointed it at a cinematographer, when apparently that's not how you're supposed to do things, so I think in that regard, he's he's culpable, but I don't think, I, I don't think he had any reason to assume that there was a live bullet that wasn't a blank in the gun, what do you think, Rody? So, I mean, for me, is um, I know, like, in, you know, in older movies, they used, they used to use real guns, you know, more real guns for, you know, for realism, and everything. That's how, you know, Bruce Lee, you know, died. And I think uh, his, uh, and like other actors have 
unfortunately um, died from that accident. But like today we have all these like graphics and effects and, and, you know, so it kind of just surprises me that nowadays that they still use live guns. I mean, like you mentioned, I'm, I'm not sure if it's, it's, it's a live round or not. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but you know, assuming that it is a live uh, round, I mean, why would they use a live round instead of like just using blanks on, on a set. I mean, the only situation maybe I can think of by using live rounds, if you're having a shot of, uh, you know, of, you know, a bullet, you know, missing its target and hitting a wall, or maybe the, the character is, you know, practicing shooting and like shooting at bottles, um, you know, for practice, maybe that's the only situation. But even then they might, but even then they, what they might do is instead of using those things, they might, um, they might use like a BB gun, to simulate that instead because it still hurts to get shot with a bb gun but they're not nearly yeah as so i mean i'm just surprised that you would use live uh, yeah a live um gun so i mean in terms of that um i don't really know um so that that's kind of just you know something that perplexes me um but in, in the other situation where it's like you know these actors they're you know they're busy acting and they're famous and they have people they have assistants and, you know, people on set, you know, that's in charge of all of this. Um, and, you know, someone handed it to, to Alec Baldwin and said it was a cold gun, meaning that, like, there was nothing in it. So he actually believed there wasn't, you know, something in it. So I understand why he would, you know, point the gun. But at the same time, like, you know, I somewhat agree with what you said. It's like you never really know or like, you know, because then like stuff like this happens. So it's like. Even if he has assistance, I understand he's a big, you know, famous actor. It's like, oh, I should have an assistant. I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't waste my time checking a gun to see if it has something in it because I'm a famous actor. I mean, even, you know, even if you are famous, I mean, you know, these things, you know, can happen and people can make mistakes. So even if you are, you know, someone like, you know, big and famous or and you're handling a gun, like there, like you said, there is protocol. There is safety guidelines you know i mean not guidelines but it's kind of like you know a, a social guideline where it's like you never pointed at someone you always pointed at the ground you know never um you know never at the sky you know um don't keep your finger on the trigger um you know stuff like that where it's, you know you should always be careful you know even if someone did check it before you know still check it yourself so in terms of that you know obviously he is he's not his fault that like, you know, he killed someone, but like, you know, that, like you said before, where it's like, he should have known better to check. No, I mean, no, ultimately that's the reason why he's guilty. It's not because I, in my personal opinion, right? The reason why I check weapons before I pick them up is because I assume they're loaded, right? But the reason I assume they're loaded is because I deal with weapons that people have loaded bullets in. I don't, if now listen, it could be that on a movie set it's entirely different than the way I'm describing it. But I know that they use real guns, but they use real guns to load them with blanks, right? So if I was on a movie set and I knew that the gun was given to me was never going to be shot at a range, it was just used as a prop, and they only put blanks in it, right? So my instinct would be, well, why? And and assuming I was an actor who lived in Los Angeles who doesn't really deal with real weapons. Because remember, in Los Angeles, you can't really own a weapon. So my instinct would be, well, why would I assume it's loaded, right? Because this is a gun that's owned by the, the studio production. It's dealt with by a prop master who loads it only with blanks, right? And there's a reason why they can't do that. It's the prop master loads the weapon. And the reason the prop master loads the weapon is because a lot of them know how to deal with the props properly, right? My problem is that he obviously should have known not to point the gun at someone. This is obviously pra like standard practice that you don't point a gun at someone, even on a set, even if you know it has blanks in it. You, you do movie magic to make it seem like you're pointing it at someone, but you're not actually doing that. So my issue then is why did he point it at this person? Well, they weren't recording anything. It was like she was going through the gun with her and, and explaining the scene. Like, so they weren't actually like doing a scene where he points at someone. It was, this was, you know, when they weren't recording and when, uh, you know, 
you know, he's facing her, she's facing him, I guess going through, you know, whatever, uh, the scene and, and what he has to do and, and the gun. And, you know, he was, I guess, holding it in front of him. And like, you know, I guess it went off while, you know, while he, she was, I guess, explaining well, hold on. Well, hold on a minute. Well, hold on. Well, well, actually, from what I understand, that's the other way around. He was explaining it to them because he's the producer on the film. So he was explaining how was how the scene was supposed to go. But that doesn't make it better. In fact, it makes it worse because if you want to say that he's pointing the weapon at her during filming, I would say, oh, that makes sense because she's he's pointing it at her during the film. There's no reason to point a gun at someone if you're not filming, right? There's no reason to do it. It makes it worse, if anything. It doesn't make it any better. So my my point is is that he 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 broke a different rule of gun safety. I don't think it's fair to expect Alec Baldwin, a man whose head is so far up his rear end that his breath stinks. I don't think it's fair to to say that he should have checked the gun to make sure there were blanks in it. Because there is someone there who is paid to make sure that that weapon is loaded with blanks, right? My issue is that he pointed it at someone. My issue is that he pointed his weapon at something he didn't intend to destroy, and that's what happened. So whether it was a blank, or whether it was a bullet, or whether it was, I don't know, whatever it is. He pointed a gun in a direction that was going to kill someone. He obviously didn't have good trigger discipline, and that's the problem. The issue is not whether the gun was loaded. I think everyone's focusing on the loaded gun, the loaded... This is ultimately his fault. Right. Because if he let's say he let's say he didn't check the weapon, let's say assume let's say he assumed that the weapon was not loaded or let's say he assumed it was not loaded. He broke that rule. But I would assume there's a good reason to. If he would have just not pointed the gun at that person, he would have not pulled the trigger. That would never have happened. That's why we have all these rules of gun safety. It's because on the off chance you forget to check, you're still not pointing your gun at anybody and you're still not pulling the trigger. You assume that it's loaded. Right. And uh, and that's that's my issue with it. I don't think it's a, it's his fault. Um, I I think it could have happened to anyone, but uh, this really happened because he wasn't careful with where he was pointing his gun. And uh, I think you'd have a hard time disagreeing with me on that one. I think there are certain people who would say, "Oh, he should have checked the gun himself." But like you said, that's what other people are there to do. Other people are there to check the gun. When you're working on a Hollywood set, you can't just check everything all the time you need to move things along and many of these people don't know how to actually work with a gun and so i don't blame him for that but i do blame him for pointing the gun at someone and and pulling the trigger um anyways so i think that's really what needs to be spoken about in this regard um we'll, we'll likely see criminal charges in half a year to 10 months we're gonna see that um so just don't forget about this but uh, also we're not gonna see a rust movie anymore uh, that's it. Rust is over. So if anyone looked, anyone to the two people who were looking forward to seeing Rust, uh, I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah. All right. That's it. Um, all right. That's it for our show. Yeah, that's it. Um, look forward to seeing us, uh, in more episodes. We are trying to release the show on a weekly basis plus specials. Uh, and that's that. So for the 27th of October, 2021, I'm Luke. And I'm Rody. And this has been the Right Side of the Compass podcast. Um, see you next week. Bye.